I'll stay in the garden with him. Let's go. Though the night around me be falling, but he bids me go through the voice of Utenatwende. He voice to me is calling all of us. Joyfully in the garden with him, though the night around me be falling, but the bids me go through the voice of his voice to him. Go with me, Oling. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share. Music is sweet, isn't it? Do you enjoy? Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. How many have ever seen this face? How many have ever seen me? Quite a number of you. One of my my, 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 my trademark is music. Without music, I don't think I'll be in this ministry. I'm in this ministry because of music. And so I love music. So do you know the reason why music is good? It doesn't allow you to grow old. When you want to grow old, when things are not uh, going right around you, you compose a song. And once you have sung that piece, your heart out, you have poured everything, then inside you remain empty. So please learn to hum some a few uh, songs here and there because I know that as students you are going through lots and lots of challenges from the academic, from social, from spiritual, from you know families and uh, many other things that we need to thank the Lord. And you can only do so is through music because through music is where you can be able to meet face to face with reality. You sing those reality deep down from your heart. Music is science, and yet it is performed you know, physically, and that's why it is called uh, art, art, you know. So we, we call them, what were in Agani? And yet music, music is, is, is science. Is it a science subject? Music is art subject. Do you know what makes it to be called an art subject? It is because of how it is being performed. Yeah, you perform it through what? Through your heart. They say that this one subject but basically it is uh, how the sound travels how we can be able to blend four voices 
and come up with the harmony and acceptable melody that you say that yes, yes, this thing is good. Every time I talk about relationship with young people, I find myself so inadequate to address the extent of the needs. And at times, I, it has become like a research. In fact, one lady challenged me to write a book, but I've not been able to write a book because, ah, it's too much. But I hope that in the near future, God will give me the ability to do that. But let's see something about dating. Now, when you look at the process of uh, relationship of young people, you'll find that dating is conspicuously missing. It's not there. And the process is in these four stages. Essentially, these are what we see. Friendship, courtship, engagement, and marriage. Because in a sense, dating cuts across all these stages. Unfortunately, dating has been given much prominence, especially for young people's relationship. But the problem has usually been, what is it all about? And therefore, it is, what do we do in our dating? Probably it's good for us to get some little understanding regarding dating and that will help us to be able to uh, appropriately uh, utilize it. But before we go there, let's go back a little bit there because we want to see what happens in these particular stages. The first stage is friendship and relating. This is a place I've kept talking about socializing. This is a place I've told you that God has purposed us as young people, as Adventist young people, we should socialize. We should be together. In that manner, God is looking forward that you can come out with a godly uh, relationship. So this is a place we pray, we inquire, we filter, relating as friends. And the second stage is what I've been talking about, specializing. This is courtship, deepening the friendship, leading to commitment. So in a sense, we are saying, that for us, our relationships should be very purposeful. When we are friend, befriending people, we, we, we have a pool of people we are, we, are, we are socializing with. And if we feel that we are prepared, that we want to make an advanced stage, then we, we are moving into courtship. Uh, there is nothing like trial in this sense. We are either in the friendship or we are moved to courtship. And that's where we have deepened our relationship with zeroed in on one person. Who knows and we know and people know. And we are moving steadily like that. And that's where dating becomes a problem because people move into the second phase while assuming they are in the first stage. But already they are courting. So uh, we have found ourselves confused with labels as opposed to the experiences that we are having. Because you are with one person, you are steady, but you are still saying we are just friends. So it's good for us to be able to make those de demarcations because they will help you to be able to say. And then later on, a place we may not go into now is announcement of marriage intention, and then we get into marriage where we are all moving towards. Okay, now let's try and look at dating. Now, uh, in dating here, two young people like each other a lot. Put that in capital. Because that's usually what I'm told. Pastor, we like each other a lot. But at the same time, 
that particular liking a lot, both are left alone. That this is the general understanding of dating. Sorry for the colors. I know the white is killing your eyes. Uh, or with a group of others. Now, this is drawn from the culture where this history of dating emanates. This is not our culture. But the books we read about dating, this is how they understand it. Young people are left alone because, go ahead, the history. Uh, it's, it's like, this is not a common concept in our parts of the world. Not even China, not even India. And it's even rare in Africa to talk about dating. But we trace this concept of dating uh, emerged from young people in the U.S. around this time, 1700-1800. It's a very crucial time for those who are doing history. We will know that this is a time of enlightenment. This is a time when people are asking questions. So young people wanted to take control of their casual meetings. They wanted uh, unsupervised special affairs. And while parents were talking in the sitting room, they also felt they needed their own time alone. So this is where we trace this particular history. Uh, today, today dating has become a less informal and both mates are equally initiating and planning their dates still in the Western world. Then we move to another time. I'm going to jump this history for now. We don't have the time. But the thing is, uh, when you evaluate or assess the history of dating, then you'll see that value comes when reflecting on good and bad examples. That is, when you look at the examples of where this thing comes from, and it gives us what, how we can be able to assess this particular experience of dating, drawing from that history. And it gives us an opportunity to have the wisdom of how are we going to walk? Are we going to still allow ourselves to be imprisoned by terminologies? Or are we going to allow ourselves to define our experiences by what is really happening, not to be cheated that I'm dating, but in the real sense you are courting. Because of what is going on, the friendship and the commitment that is in it. So uh, we, we want to gain wisdom. Let's move up again. Uh, so colonial times, new towns, this is how I've already said, children grew up knowing each other. This is the environment in which the dating history is traced back to so through church and other local activities, because in the West, people were in a village, let's say in Egerton, every family, they know each other, and so they could trust themselves with their children going out with no supervision. The children could go out, the parents could stay out, and it was like the male and females, they were all together. You could trust, they could trust each other, and they married within the same locality. This is the history. Let's go further. Uh, but as this person say, much of the custom of courtship during the colonial times revolved around what? Rel uh, uh, rational needs and not lust. Can you see the distinction? In these times, the colonial times when dating began, people were not more of the lust, but were more of rational needs. They had need of communication. A man was only able to marry when he could support a family with income and possession. That was given. People were oriented. They grew up understanding that. Many believe that love developed only after marriage progressed and not before. 
And you guess that is not what we are oriented today. Because even in the West, as, as much as today we don't see it to be so, but even in the West, marriage was believed to begin uh, in an arrangement sort of. Love grew out later than before. Today, we have uh, copied the West where we imagine I have to fall in love before I marry. But you know what somebody has said? Today, people fall in love. They start off hot like a stove, but end up cold as a pot. But some people in the east, that is India, those places where they have arranged marriages, people start off cold as a pot, but end up hot as a stove. So that's the irony, that even in the west, many believe that love developed. Now, whenever I talk about this to my young friends, I always remind them, why do you sometimes struggle alone? We can be trusted. We can still bring back these traditions. We had them even in Africa where aunties got, um, got ladies for young men or aunties got a young man for a young lady. But I know today this is a tradition not many of you will agree. You want to fall in love. So if you, your pastor would wish to arrange you because we know you. Elders know you, it's whatever you are. You can trust yourself to a confident elderly person and allow them to speak into your life, allow them to guide you. And if they can tell you, well, you, sh you, you, you can tell them, you know, like the lady was asking me, why are people putting pressure on us? Ladies, but I want to tell you, sometimes you can tell them, auntie, uncle, or even pastor, I think I'm ready, but I don't seem to be having anybody talking to me. But you know what? Sometimes as a pastor, like now, I have a race of, uh, of ladies. I have some guys with me. And uh, sometimes I want to do some cross-matching. But you know the problem? My young people always feel like if that is the case for them, it's like they are not special. They want to fall in their own love. But let me tell you people, because of the special time, now this is not for anything, because of the special time where you surely don't understand, you need someone who could guide you even in that line. For those who are close to you, you can, if you find that it's not coming out fast or you find when you begin it doesn't end well, you want somebody to initiate, to be around you. It's not easy, especially for us in Africa, but I guess it can happen. Nevertheless, this quickly changed in 18. When love started to become important, that is where we are now. That love, uh, the love referred to, however, was the romantic love. I told you love has these uh, four elements where we have the emotional element and we have the passion element. And now we're talking of the romo uh, romantic love, uh, which was seen as childish in those days, but became more important. This is what people want if they want to get into. Now, dating today is defined by this kind of love, romance. When we begin to talk about whether we can be able to date, in a sense, somebody saying, somebody has asked a question, how can I keep my date and yet we are not involved romantically? And where romance means we are not involved physically. We are going to see how that could be. Let's go ahead. So, uh, in this history, again, gender roles between men and women led to formal roles regarding courtship, and that was a separation between a man. Purity during this time was generally uttermost important. Purity. 
romantic love began to be central in courtship leading to marriage. Meaning, when we have become steady, we have specialized in someone, then the romantic love could be appreciated. Because in that way, it is protected. Because there is a commitment. Love requires commitment. And much more romance or romantic love. We'll say much about that. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. So, among the poor, many began living in the city apartments. This is just a history. It's a long one. And the rich area. This, uh, so, this public outing also led to private getaway. And it all ended up in sexual encounters. And up to this time, it is so unfortunate that this experimentation, experimentation developed out of a need of sexual fulfillment during marriage. One requirement was, though, that a woman only have sex relationship with a man she intends to marry. Began, that's the open door. That's how they began to open it. And by the year 2005, to the surprise of the world, when somebody conducted a survey in Pune University in India. India is a very conservative country. In India, a woman knows that if you get involved in sexual marriage, you've just signed off being married. Because India is a place where up to recently, they still, uh, they still spread a white sheet when you're married. And after uh, that, that night of wedding, they have to bring it out and show she was a virgin. But in that culture, in the year 2005, when a, a, um, a survey was conducted among college students like us in Pune University, one of the public universities uh, in, in, in Maharashtra, where we have Mumbai, the ladies, 70% said they could give away their virginity for a man whom they thought was right. Can you imagine in that culture? 70% ladies in college said it was not a big deal holding on their virginity for marriage. They could give it away if a man was whom they felt they liked. That tells you how degrading it has gone because in a culture which is so conservative where ladies only don't imagine like, well, somebody will find me out, it is known that if I get involved, I'm not going to get married because on the marriage day that must be proved. So today, adolescents consider dating to be a fun activity. A fun activity, yeah, this is true. As I told you, I have girls, and I know one, the last born, my last born girl is turning, she, turned, she turned 20 this week, and I know that 18 has been a year of her biggest struggle, especially with her mobile, yeah? Because it's a fun game. That is not so much delegated authority. So young adolescents often date in the sense of becoming boyfriend, girlfriend, and this relationship usually short in duration. These relationships are also frequently intense emotionally in that the couple will see and talk to each other daily. And that is where the problem sometimes emerges. So what is the difficulty of our uh, our, our elements today. So dating, uh, w double dating, go, go back there. Uh, I want to, okay, dating generally is a transition from a philosophy of seeing if their partner would make of a good spouse. Uh, this was a try and see practice. This is on those days, but not in our day. Now, there's quite a lot 
about that uh, particular thing, but I want us to go ahead, go ahead in the dating difficulty, the difficulty of modern dating. Number one is double standards. Remember, this is if I stick with the Western philosophy of dating. I'm going to ask another question just after this. If I stick with the Western understanding of dating, which our culture sort of baptized even in church, then I will want to say the difficulty of that dating is double standard. Intimacy without commitment. Yeah? Intimacy without what? Commitment. I, you know, people want it all in all. Do you remember there is a word we read today uh, in the book of, uh, the lady was reading for us. Let's go back to Colossians 3. There's a word we read which was very difficult to pronounce. Let me give you the meaning of that word today. Uh, Colossians 3, 5, please. Colossians 3, 5. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Now, you see all things that are outlined there. It says evil conspicence. And it says that that particular thing, what is it? What is it? What is that? Now, I want you to go, you're all academicians, you can go and do a search on that word. But if you'll find the root of that word, in a sense, it means arousing sexual feelings that are not brought to their ultimate purpose. Yeah? Now, that answers a question that I've been asked every time I'm speaking to college students about this. Pastor, is it okay to, to neck? Anybody understand what necking is? Uh, is it okay to kiss somebody goodnight, at least when they are going to their residence? Is it okay to touch each other so long as the, there's no penetration? You've had those questions somewhere? I don't know some of us may be having them in the night. This is the word. This is the experience. Evil what? Conscapiscence. That hardness is it as it is. So if you want to ask about those affections that we arouse of ourselves and we don't bring them to the ultimate end, this is the word. This is not only for young people but even grown-ups. You know, we can, uh, you know, play around. We call it fleeting, F-L-I-R-T. Again, that falls in this place. This is a place also where we find things like, um, what do you call it? Masturbation. I was speaking in one of our Adventist schools and international schools, I remember, and I talked about masturbation, and one of the teachers told me, I think it's not bad. Really? Yeah, when I was telling the children that's not bad, someone even challenged me, you know, these questions people pass papers. Uh, Pastor, what about if it helps you be relaxed? But I want to tell you this is a vocabulary. So the thing we are talking about, the difficulty of modern dating, let's go back, is the fact that modern dating has these double standards of intimacy. And that intimacy is where we get so involved in everything but there is no commitment. We are not protected. And then the other difficulty is constant breaking up of relationship and hurts not necessarily a healthy pattern of commitment. The temptation for couples left alone 
double standard applying marital commitment without a covenant to a dating uh, arrangement. I told you about what we were, people were going through in India. In fact, that was one scenario where a gentleman and a man have been doing everything, you know, cooking and washing, and they are friends, but that's all. But yet they never knew that they already attached emotionally. But it also continued in a way where people lived as husband and wife for all that while, but there is no day where they had said that they are friends or they are lovers. So especially for gentlemen, when they finish their academic, uh, uh, their academic engagement in India, and mostly it happens because the lady, you know, she gets so comfortable with the gentleman in the room that she forgets that she's supposed to be catching up with time and finish school. So in most instances, the ladies remain behind. The guy went through school, Anamaliza, the lady in your bar and catch up. And then the ladies remain there. It's going back. There was nothing. They never talked about anything. But you know, they have been living, applying marital commitment without covenant. Bibi Nabwana. Yeah, parents up at Kenya on a tumor pesa kwamschana, Mschana chukwa pesa na weka mikonia buana. Buana manyaja ingana eka tika magano. And this was terrible of how girls were getting heartbroken in that kind of arrangement. That's the difficulty of dating. So let's ask ourselves a question. Go two steps. There's, go next. Is there a biblical position for dating? That's the Western standard and it's difficult. Now, Paul gives us a principle in 1 Corinthians 6, 12, says, all things are what? All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not what? Expedient. And he says, all things are lawful to me, but, but I will not be what? I'll not be brought under the power of any. That's what Paul says. And this is in the context of issues that are related to meat, but we can use that to apply in this situation. When people want to talk about dating, is it lawful or is it not lawful? If you are going to be brought under the law of your dating, then this is what Paul says, for me, it's not lawful. If you are under control of your passion, then that's what Paul's saying is not dating. Let's go ahead. Um, generally, if you would describe dating, Again, it's an activity of two young people. Now, this is a good book. You can look it up on the net. Uh, the, the material that follows, I've got it from there. Boundaries in dating. He says dating is an activity that people do. And as with a lot of other things, the Bible does not talk about it. That's what he says, rightly so. What the Bible does talk about is being loving, honest, growing person in whatever you do. So do we have a biblical description of dating? The Bible doesn't talk about it. I don't know where anybody would pull up an, an illustration of dating in the Bible. An experience of dating. We want to think about it, but the Bible doesn't talk about it. But the Bible talks about what it is that happens in dating. So um, quite some material here. Uh, because I want us to have a, a session. What if the Bible is to baptize dating? What would the Bible expect that you could have? Go again, some few um, 
uh, go and go down again. I want to go somewhere dating biblically. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go go down a bit. Um, okay, maybe maybe go back up a bit. I like this. Go up a bit, a bit again. Sorry for these people, but this is quite some material. This dating is the biggest problem. By the way, in a relationship, the problem is here, and I like Joshua Harris. I don't know how many people have read his book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Hey, guys, you need to look for that book in the internet. The guy has so since left being a Christian, but that book still, I guess, is worthy. I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Now, some of the things he gives us are here. Some of the things he gives us are here. Uh, there is no New Testament law regarding rules and coach, in courting and dating. There are a number of Christians who instill the practice, a, a godly form of dating. What is shared here are modern realities with today's dating scene and biblical principles employed for a healthy courtship that can be applied. Let's go ahead, please. So why would we date? Okay, now we have accepted, we are taking over the Western culture. Just like many things in our culture, we have accepted them and given them. And this is not strange. By the way, this is not strange. In Christianity, this is not strange. Even in the Bible, there are many things that God accepted in the Jewish culture, and he gave them as a vehicle for his message. So it's not strange for us to adapt that experience, but now give it, the Christian principle so that it can be healthy and helpful for us. So why should you date then? These questions are necessary if you want to begin dating. Where dating is not allowed, it's seen to result in pain and suffering like in Africa because dating leads to intimacy but no commitment. And dating skips friendship stage of relationship. This is key. Because in friendship, you socialize, you get to know others, you get to know yourself. But if you start dating, it means you get into courtship and you have not become a good friend or found bad friends. You don't know yourself, you don't know the people you're dating. Dating often mistakes physical relationship for love. And dating often isolates a couple from other vital relationships. Is this true? Immediately, you find somebody who seems to love you you easily start finding yourself isolating yourself. Yani unaanza kuonekana sasa uko kando, muko wawili wawili peke yenu. That is the problem that dating causes and sometimes it draws you from a group where you still need your own nourishment of life. That is the problem why dating. But let's continue please. Go ahead. Dating in many cases distracts young adults from the primary responsibility of preparing for the future. You are in college preparing for future. Immediately you begin to date, you'll find yourself distracted from that responsibility. That is the reason why the caveats that we have here. Dating can cause discontentment with God's gift of singleness. Being single is a gift. It is at this stage that God has given each one of us to find our real value in life. That's why I told you in the morning, please, don't date until you are satisfied with your own life. Amen? You know what dating is? This is what I usually tell young people. When you're going to fall in love, it should be that this is your attitude. Oh my goodness, Lord. 
I'm so full of myself. Is there anyone there I want to share with my love or my life? That is the attitude. But what is the attitude we find? Mostly, I'm so desperate. <laughs> you see, that's the kind of attitude we find. The attitude God wants you to be as a child of God is that you have appreciated the singleness of life. You are so full of life that you wish there is anybody who can share the fullness that you have. That is where you are prepared for dating. But if you're still a desperate person, you need to go and tread carefully. And if you're not going to check on yourself, uh, we should be very careful with some expressions. Dating creates an artificial environment for evaluating a personal uh, character. Remember that word discontentment? Is this not the, uh, the thing that we find of most of us nowadays? We are so discontented. We are, life is, you know, like you, it's because you've got into relationships that have not worked. Those relationships have made you think, well, maybe I'm just a poor nothing thing. But it's not true. You probably have not appreciated the gift of who you are, your singleness. Let's go ahead. So, uh, so, Let's look at what the Bible would expect us if we baptize dating and use it in our environment. Dating has much more to offer. It's true. It would, uh, it, it would, have, so it would have much more to do with the person. Now, this is key. Dating might have more to do with the person you are than becoming and becoming than whether or not you date. Now, the biblical position on dating would be to date in a holy way. How will that be? Can we continue and see? How will that be? Now, this is what we could be. The purpose of a dating, Christian dating, or a biblical dating will be to find who are you in your dating and who are you becoming in your dating and what is the fruit of your dating for you and the people that you date. How are you treating them and what are you learning? What is this dating bringing out of me? This could be the most significant thing if you're going to date uh, um, as a Christian. So um, if I'm going to look at that, I'll go ahead there. There's some things there that are mixed up a bit. So dating, the problem of unchristian dating is that one of the problems why we are trying to be a bit cautious about the Western culture and its dating is because it fuses you. Remember we said in the morning, of your peculiarity, of your singleness, God creating you singularly. You are no one like else anyone. You are singular. But the dating that is unchristian fuses you. It, it makes you get lost in somebody so that the ideal of you is lost because of falling in love. You know, the fact of you becoming dependent on somebody, that is the pain of many. The fact of being self-centeredness, that is the problem of Western kind of dating. So, if we allow dating amidst us, let's go two slides, please. This is too much. Eh? Let me do this. Where dating is allowed and we baptize it, number one, what could dating help you? Where we allow it, we make it Christian, we accept uh, the principle of Christianity to direct them. One of the principles is what Sister White says, that do not be in a lonely place alone. I've just paraphrased what she's saying. You know, at times she says, do not be 
uh, what? Do not be a source of stumbling for others. Don't be, what a, her, her language is like what? Um, do not be what? Do not be, I'm forgetting what she says, but this is where, if we allow ourselves to date in campus, what could dating accomplish? Dating gives people the opportunity to learn about themselves. Now remember, even in friendship stage, we can still date. The only distinction in dating in friendship stage and, and courtship, the only difference between the two is that when you are dating in friendship stage, you are dating more than one person, meaning you are socializing. So that's where we're putting, because we date at every, I date, now I'm married, I still date my wife. So if you are dating in the friendship stage, in the social life, it's possible for you to date because in that way you are getting to know you as others and the relationship is safe context, is a moment of incubation. You're getting to know the opposite sex. You're going to know your own sexual feelings and moral limits. By the way, yeah, you know, at times we don't want to put this in, 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 in somewhere. We want to understand that as we socialize, you know, today I've said, let me take my brother Job. Today I'll accompany him. We are going for a meeting together. Me and him, brother and sister. Amen? Amen. I guess the problem will begin if Job can only always find Hilda. I don't know whether there's a Hilda among us, but I don't think so. That you're only with Hilda. Your datings are only with Hilda. That's when they start having a problem. But if Job, today you're dating Hilda, you know, in the pure sense of the word dating, whereby a young man and a young woman have taken opportunity to have recreation or to go through a process of understanding themselves, then in that way we could talk of dating as an experience of these two people. Now, we don't need to fear. Remember, we are all uh, believing where we are coming from. We have found out who we are. So Job and Hilda today, and Job and Marcy tomorrow, Job and Catherine tomorrow, Job and, and Catherine also is finding another Evans. You know, it's crisscrossing like this. And then eventually, they will come out and say, well, Job was with Catherine, was with Hilda, and was with so-and-so, and by the time now you are coming out, this is like third year, now you have said, I think it's Catherine. But the problem is, Catherine and Nangia took from one job, well, from four, eh? not from four, fourth year. And it's, it seems like Catherine seems to be a product. And then at, form, at first year, if Catherine starts specializing with job, by the time Catherine is in third year, she's so confused. Because at that time, you've given her something she needs, but she can't handle. She can't handle. Love is not easy. You've given her, you are a senior, and she's a first year, and you have sort of promised her something. She's over herself. She has not got the time to know her opposite sex. So as we are as a community, I guess we should not demonize this cross interrelations and we should encourage them please don't specialize with someone if yet you have no commitment with them please if they give you the privilege to keep company with you for a while 
please, I know this is usually the question. Usianze kumwambia kwa nini uko unatembea na fulani na fulani? You have no right over that because it's a socializing commitment. Allow somebody to discover their opposite sex. Let them know their sexual feelings, one's need of relationship test. Let everybody know dating happens in a community. Now, the question that usually comes, what about our parents? What is the time we make them know? Let me tell you, you want to trust your parents. And that's why as you're going through the dating and this friendship period, eh? when you are able and courageous enough to tell your friend, today let's go home for lunch after Sabbath. Hmm? Yes. Tell your, you know, somebody you just at the moment appreciate. Let's go home for lunch. Let's go home for, for lunch. And your parents will see you. Our to the wherever. Walikuza ni wherever. So, watakuwa na kila siku wanapiga picha. Wanapiga picha. Na utashtuka siku mojo kiulizo. Kwa nini yule yeo naletanga ye kila siku? Is there something with that one? And then that time they will start telling you, vile ni memuona, anaka hivi na hivi. You can be able at that moment to make a decision. The problem that happens with our parents is we go when it's already lock and key. Ni huyo. Then when they find out some defaults and they tell you, tunapitana. So, children of God, what I'm saying, let's allow this process to take its uh, course, date around. I'm going to give us time is up. I want to get a time. Number two, dating provides a context, a context to work through issues. Germany, we have issues. If you have not known, we all come from families that make us, give us so much baggage that you don't know at times until you get to your friend, then is when people start realizing why are you always very mean? Mean in the sense, anywhere we kill a sound, I criticize mutu. Akiongea kitu, me criticize. Akiongea kitu, na criticize. Because you have grown up probably in a family where everything you do, it's criticized. So you are given that kind of orientation. So dating can help you as a person. Go back a little bit. I'm saying something there. Personal, spiritual, maturity, character might be translated in the real person. When you begin to socialize with people, you'll begin wondering, why is it that people are running away from you? Because on a Jewa, there is a, a tendency of some people, where you are just criticizing, you're always speaking negative things, and therefore people who don't want to hang out with you, they will run away. Then you start knowing, you start speaking positive. Number three, uh, dating helps build relationship skills. We only discover we possess serious insecurities or lack certain relationship skills, such as communication, vulnerability, trust, assertiveness, honesty, self-sacrifice, until we get into dating, some of these things don't grow. So don't allow yourself to specialize before you socialize because you'll not be able to develop some of these things. You meet so-and-so, you meet so-and-so, you see their character, and those characters influence you a little bit. Let's go. And number four, dating can heal. My, I love this. Dating can heal and repair. Now, God uses relationships to heal us and to change us. People can have good dating relationships where they learn, uh, they learn, are healed, and grow and stretched. Even when the relationship doesn't lead to marriage, it has a value in the person's life. There are people who will come in your life and make you feel that you're worthy and come out of the brokenness that you could have had. This is healthy, even in a social life uh, of one. Number four, uh, five, let's go. 
uh, dating is relational and has a value in, in and of itself. Getting to know someone, spending time with him, and sharing things with him is intimacy. Did you get that? Just to be around somebody, just to, just, you know, just to share somebody's vibes, life, is intimacy. There's a, a writer called Del Carnegie who appreciates this so much. He says that when you are with somebody and you give them the opportunity to talk to you, even if you don't talk, when they go away, they will always imagine that you are a good person. You didn't talk to them anything, but if you give them an opportunity to be able to say what they want to say, they will go away remembering you, not because of what you did to them, but your presence. That is intimacy. So somebody's worried about intimacy, you could just be around someone, and so long as you have good vibes, the way you could call them, you are going to be intimate. That's why I told you, six months is enough for you to find yourself emotionally attached, because those moments you spend together are strong energy that draws you together. That's one of the things we want to keep very, very cautious of. Dating lets someone learn what he or she likes in the opposite sex. Yeah. You know, when I'm marrying people, at times I ask them this question. Uh, there's a place, when I mean, I'm actually evaluating their dating and courtship period, I ask them, tell me about your first encounter. What is it that happened? And I see them looking up, especially gentlemen, and uh, they will say, well, I just found myself speaking to her. Anything that attracted you to her? Ah, she's a good Christian lady. At the end of the day, there is not so much that has been seen of natural attraction. But yet that is the thing that draws a man to a woman, natural attraction. So dating can make you know what is it that I like in somebody. What is it that I want? You know, we usually have these lists that we have inherited from people. Yeah, you hear someone say, my number one thing is this, number two is this, number three is this. But what is your own list? Have you sat down and appreciated? These lists come out of dating experiences. Some of those that are good and some of those that are rooted in sickness. Let's go seven. Uh, dating gives a context to learn about sexual self-control. Others, the delay of gratification. You know, Atakama passions in Awaka Kiasigani, when you go around everybody, you learn to know how to, 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 to self-control. Because now you are, you know, you have to be honorable. And you have to be dignified when you're relating to these people that you're socializing with. The problem of a lack of self-control on sexual elements come when it's only one person. One person. And you find that you're not being able to control yourself because at a time you reach out and say, what is it else we can do, if not that? So good dating allows people opportunity to have good relationship and to forgo sex. People, let me tell you, as much as it appears when you're still young, sex is everything, three months into marriage, I know when you're still young and strong, that doesn't seem a reality. Uh, and you have to grow it. You have to grow it to still keep it passionate. And then you realize, if you've been married like some of us, 25 years or above, like my pastor, you realize that then there is something else that makes that marriage survive, apart from sex. So sex is not everything. You can still relate without having sex. 
and still have a fulfilled life with a woman and a man. Amen? So we don't want to believe that it's about sex that makes us to be able to relate a man and a woman. We can have strong relation and delay gratification because we have found what is more valuable than just a physical uh, intimacy. Let's go to number eight, and I think we should be stopping there. Now, let me say this as the last thing on this presentation, which I'm not finishing, but I'm leaving it with you. You can have it, because I want to hear you relate to me. There are two things in a relationship, freedom and responsibility. Freedom is the ability to make choices based on your own values, and rather than choosing out of fear and guilt. Responsibility is the ability to execute your task in order to keep a relationship healthy and loving, being able to say no to things you should not be responsible. The thing we are saying here, that if you're going to have a healthy dating, you have to exercise these two uh, principles. Number one, the freedom to choose. You should allow yourself the ability to choose. You have your values. That's what makes you you. What is it that makes you you? This is who am I. If this guy is going to start any, any you know, ventures which seems that are inappropriate to me, he, he has disrespected me. And therefore it's over. That's a value that a person has. And that's what you live by. That's what makes you proud. And that's how relationship can be healthy. When people date, and that's why I was telling you that you have to date when you have found yourself so well, and finding yourself is as such, you have your values of life. This is who I am. This is who am I. This is what makes me be called David. And this is what am I. So if I meet anybody, I know who am I. I'm free. That's freedom. I'm free to interact because I know who am I. If anybody abuses my freedom, you are out. I'm out of it. Now we, unfortunately, children of God, this is not how we have been taught. Now see our problem. You and me grew up in an environment of dependence of parents who told you everything you have to do. Now as you're grown up, even now, we are still oriented in that life. You don't know what you want, except that you don't want because of fear and guilt. Even in this relationship, we fear them out of fear and guilt. And one of the problems that uh, finds us as young people in relationship is because of fear and guilt. But I'm looking forward for young people who have found themselves, they're free, they have their values. And I'm meeting my friend, and I know when I was talking about Catherine, Hilda, Marcy, and Marcy with Evans, John, and, and, and Geoffrey, you are like, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about it in this context. I'm imagining Marcy, Hilda, John, and John, Geoffrey, all those mingling. is because both of them know who they are. They have their freedom. They have their values. They know who they are. They are able to take responsibility of every choice. If I choose that I'm going out with Job today for a, a, a revival meeting somewhere and I'm with her, I take responsibility of that. Am I speaking something, children of God? Hello? Am I saying something? What are the values? What are the things that you prize in your life? What are the things that you say that make you? You know, this issue 
of values and freedom is so lacking in our culture at times that I feel that even the things we do like a career sometimes are the things that sort of define us. Today, I think it's today in the news I've seen a young graduate whom the president was, I think, awarding for something because she did a degree, but she decided to go and become a farmer, a lady, Catherine. The thing I'm saying, children of God, could you know what you are and what you need? There is so much. These are 92 slides. I'll cheat myself if you can go through them. But let's go down, and I'll tell you that I know one of the questions that I will begin with, uh, go down, uh, go down, is this one. Qualities boys and girls value most for dating? Somebody asked me. I told you every man is weak to what they see. So one of them is for boys is looks. Personality is a thing for boys. And yet boys and girls indeed for date, they share looks and personality. Uh, this is a, a, a research that was done. Indeed, boys' sexual appeals, that's why ladies sometimes get so crazy about making their sexual appeal overt. Because, you know, it's in the mind. The devil sometimes puts it there to make, to make ladies know that boys are attracted. But I told you, every, every gentleman will marry a lady that looks like their mother. Not the one that brings sexual appeals as much. As much as that is what attracts them to a lady. Intelligence is a thing of the boys. And uh, I, I, boys like ladies who good company. You don't get around them, ladies, and uh, you are complaining from the time you met up to the time you leave. That's, that's not good company. Ladies... The gentlemen also like men, uh, uh, gentlemen like ladies with sense of humor. At least there is some fun when they're around you. Good conversation and honesty. Now, boys, we are more in a problem. Girls appreciate looks indeed. I think I have a question somebody has asked me. What about if I, I am already in somebody who is short and I want tall people? <laughs> now, looks is a big thing. Also for ladies but not as big as us men. Ladies appreciate personalities uh, of men, and one of the personalities they appreciate, the lady wants to know that you are in charge. You are in charge. Meaning, you are in the driving seat. Remember why? Who can tell me why ladies would want a man who seems to be in charge? Because they are looking for what? For protection. Protection. You don't have to make it up. But you know they will appreciate when you are honest to them than telling them that, you know, I would have taken you out, but my cousin came yesterday and I spent so much money on them, so I don't have any money for you. So I'm broke, meaning I'm not always broke. It's just my cousin who came and I don't have money today. Girls, Appreciate thoughtfulness and consideration. Thoughtfulness is sensitivity. Every woman wants to see a man who cares. And therefore, gentlemen, when you're around your sisters, how much do you show them that you care? You care in many small details. Sense of humor. I ask couples when they come around me for marriage, what is it that attracted you to this gentleman? And mostly about 70% of ladies say, ah, he's so funny. Because, you know, it makes, it gives them some positive energy. 
Honesty is something ladies appreciate. Just tell her you are broke. Tell her from where tell her where you come from. Yeah, tell her you are home. That is one way you are going to know if she's the lady you are going to marry. Tell her where you come from. Uh, don't try to relate to somebody and say, you know, even so and so is my uncle. Respect. One of the things that breaks up relationship of ladies is a gentleman who does not respect them. And that can be in many forms in a way we don't respect them. Yeah, some ladies who have already known who they are, if you try to make something that seems disrespectful, that ends it. So respect is a great thing that ladies appreciate. Good conversation, intelligence. Let me see the next uh, slide also, which is now uh, dates. Hey, these are small indeed. In ranking them, ranking them now, rank of order of desirable qualities in a date or a spouse survey that was done in college students, 1,000 college students. Boys in rank, number one thing was a truly physical. Physical was one thing. Beauty, they wanted beautiful ladies. Uh, a personality that was, you know, uh, one that draws them to each other. A sense of humor for uh, a date. These were things that were ranked in all both girls and boys. But for spouse, you can see how it changes. That number one thing for the person they would marry, loving and affectionate, honest, uh, uh, um, congenial uh, um, personality, respect, intelligent, and uh, mature and responsible, loyal and trustworthy physical attraction comes last. It is there, but it's not the one number one thing for a spouse. That's why I was telling ladies, gentlemen, married ladies that look like their mothers. Uh, so that's one. So let me stop it there, please.